Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Susanna Constantine, and this is My Wardrobe Malfunction, the podcast where we talk about clothes, but always get sidetracked down another interesting path. This is our 16th episode recorded over Zoom during lockdown in July 2020, and officially our season finale. But don't worry, the next season follows in about two days. You can also find this episode as a video version on our website at mywardmal.com. We're still longing to hear your clothing stories for our pyjama party, so do email us at help at mywardmail.com. And do I really need to say subscribe, review and follow us on the usual socials at mywardmail? Hmm, well, I guess I just have. Right, on to today's special guest, the fabulous actress, fishwife and charity founder Sarah Parrish. You can find out more about Sarah's incredible charity, the Murray Parish Trust, and the amazing work it does in supporting children's emergency services by going to themurrayparishtrust.com. So let's grab the handles, open my wardrobe doors, and find out what's inside. as I'm sure you'll all recognise with Sarah Parrish and who has been on so many of our favourite shows from Mistresses, W1A, Broadchurch, name the rest. What else? You've been in everything, haven't you? Cutting Cutting it. it. Um, Bancroft. Yeah, Bancroft was huge, wasn't it? Bancroft was really, yeah, yeah, it was. It was sort of a surprise, really, because uh, we made it and it wasn't really supposed to be ITV. It was going to go on ITV Encore or something. I think nobody watches, I think about 60 people watch ITV Encore. Anyway, we did it and... and the ITV One really liked it. And there was a show that was supposed to be shown on ITV One. I think it was about Hatton Garden. Yeah. And okay. um, and then Hatton Garden, there was a ball going on, so they had to pull it. And the only thing ready to go was Bancroft. So they put it on ITV One, and it was a perfect storm for us, really. That's, yeah. That was great. I was really pleased with that. Are you going to do another so series? No, that's no, she's in prison now. It's yeah. all over. Okay. <laughs> She's gone. She's gone. She's, she's gone. Yeah. Um, so, how have you been finding lockdown? It's been a really interesting time. Um, some of the time, I found it really frustrating. I mean, likewise, it's been very frustrating because obviously, yeah. for act, there's just nothing going on at all. We did manage to get the band back together and do a tiny little sketch that we put out on YouTube. So that was a little something for us to do. Um, really, I mean, you know, it, it's been a really tough time for, for actors. Yeah. Having said that, I kind of secretly quite liked lockdown. Yeah. I quite enjoyed it. I liked not having the pressure of 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 knowing that there was work out there and I was having to try and fight for it or, yeah. you know, it, knowing that no one's working is, is quite nice. It's quite yeah. relaxing. And spending time with, with my daughter, Nell, um, uh, and just being at home was... I kind of really liked it because we've had a really busy few years and, and yeah. being able to just sit at home 
them and hang out with my husband and it, I really really enjoyed towards the end after about 10 weeks I kind of went oh I, when the sun went in basically yeah I, exactly. I, I, yeah yeah I was like right, it's, I'm done now let's do it yeah. it's done because, um, yeah. but, but I did enjoy it what about you did you like it yeah I've loved it well, I, it's kind of weird because, we, like you, we live in the country. We don't live in in London, and so, and because I work from home anyway, and I'm not doing TV. I'm writing full time now, pretty much. Yeah. And doing this, so life didn't really change very much, apart from having, I've got three kids and having them all at home, which was the first time ever they've all ever since they were born, since they've all been at home at the same oh, time. God. So that was a blessing and a curse. It's been great and a fucking nightmare. It's been both. <laughs> but um, but otherwise, life, you know, I feel healthy. I've been exercising more. So it's it's been good. But I'm beginning to feel like I need to just wake up in the morning and look at a different ceiling for a night. Yeah. Or wake up under the same fucking roof. I know. You know I know. I know. It, it's that feeling, isn't it, of... of, of becoming very comfortable you know I'm very comfortable now at home and I've not I'm not really stretching myself I'm not really putting myself in in a, in anywhere scary yeah and sometimes when I do that for a long period of time that becomes very comfortable and and I get a bit nervous about then doing something do you know what I mean I get a bit anxious about doing something totally yeah uh, yeah so now I'm thinking oh god I've really again otherwise I'm just going to go oh I'm never going to leave the house ever yeah <laughs> No, but it's so easy. I completely, I so get it. But you're, because you're, you're married to James Murray, who's an actor too. Yeah. And um, you, you met, which show did you meet? Was it Cutting It that you met? Which Cutting show It, yeah. Yeah. It, okay. Yeah. yeah. He, the last series of Cutting It. And yeah, uh, yeah I remember walking into the read through and me going, hello, he's nice. Mm. <laughs> Thank you very much. Straight in my basket. I'll take you. Thank you. <laughs> Um, and do you think you'll ever do anything together again, like David Tennant's done with his wife or Michael Sheen? Or do you think you'll do anything I together? Know. It's I don't know. We can cast together, and we've never gone up for anything that you know the same person's gone up for again, which is a shame. However, I was reading in the Times the other day that producers in down period were looking for. Um, uh, you know, partners, acting partners who live together because, of course, they're instantly castable because they can do intimate scenes together yeah. and they don't have to quarantine or they don't have to quarantine after the show or before the show. So Jim and I were kind of, you know, waiting for the phone to ring. It didn't ring, Susanna. <laughs> Welcome to my world. <laughs> Welcome to my world. <laughs> but we're still waiting, you know, still ever positive yeah. that it might... But, you know, there might be something in the pipeline for us be just purely because of lockdown. Yeah. We're a more attractive proposal, I suppose, than two people that don't know each other. Yeah, exactly. But it's it's so it's so funny talking to you because you know how we um, one has preconceived ideas about people. And you've always been cast um, as the ice queen or yeah. the bitch, a bit like Kristen Scott Thomas. And yeah. Men never seem to have that problem, do they? Why? No. <laughs> your cheekbones or something why do you think you get cast in those roles it's definitely about cheekbones as yeah. I've got older and more gaunt I've Hold got I've got more evil the parts yeah. become more evil um which is uh which I mean it's typical isn't it and I'm and I'm not I've never been a sort of 
um, a sweet little, you know, wallflower kind of person, really. So I've, I, I went from playing very sort of strong but nice people to just out and out bitches. Yeah. <laughs> but which but do you prefer? Because you're very good at comedy too. Do you? Would you like to do more comedy? I'd love to do more comedy. I mean, W1A really was probably yeah. one of my favourite jobs ever. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just purely because it was sort of ribbing the BBC, and that's such an easy thing to do. And because, like, as you know, <laughs> okay, you're... that job is gone now. That job, <laughs> you were lined up for a show <laughs> with BBC, gone. <laughs> Gone, gone. But having done lots of meetings with the BBC, as I'm sure you have, you know those meetings. You know, you you recognise those awful meetings that go on for hours and hours and nobody really ends up saying anything and it's full of red tape and, and people come out with the, you know, most ridiculous little things that, I don't know. And, and playing Anna, the character that I played, was a really good thing for me because I remember having meetings in the BBC and sitting on people like her who their modus operandi is to say nothing which immediately yeah. makes somebody like me feel ter horribly insecure so I just end up over talking yeah yeah really, because you think they must be hugely intelligent you know and, mm. uh, because they're not saying anything in actual fact they're, they're probably not saying anything because they haven't got anything to say yeah know? all they're on their phone and they're doing their their Sainsbury's shopping yeah they're on well, the phone exactly under the table which is what I do always in meetings <laughs> Always. Um, but Sarah, we'll get on to close in a minute, but I'd love to talk to you about um, your first love, really, and your great passion, which is the Murray Parish Trust. Yeah. Um, and you started that after the death of your daughter, Ella Jane, is that right? I did, yeah. yeah. We lost our first daughter back in, um, in 2009. Uh, she, had, she was born with a syndrome, quite a, a, a rare syndrome, and with that with that syndrome always comes a very complicated heart defect and hers was really you know really nasty one um and she spent her first four months in hospital she had a couple of open heart surgeries during that time mm -hmm. and um we got her well enough or the hospital got her well enough to for us to bring her home and we brought her home i think in october or september of 2008 and she lasted until January 2009. And she died at home in her cot mm. in, in the night, um, which, you know, is awful and tragic and, and horrific. But it was the best place for her to die. Yeah. And she'd had Christmas with us and she'd had New Year and she'd met everybody that she needed to meet. And uh, so it was sort of like a perfect little eight month life, if you like. I'm yeah. We weren't sure if she was ever really gonna last and if she was gonna last she would have had a very compromised life um anyway so after she died uh, Jim and I we really wanted to give something back to the hospital that had made her well enough to bring her home and and, and looked after her. and they were they were amazing people down at Southampton um and so we started up our own charity and really it started with a couple of bake sales and a sponsored walk. I think Jim and I did a sponsored walk in Vietnam and, you know, just really little things like that. And, um, and then it slowly started to snowball and people started to get on board and want to take part. And we got more and more volunteers involved and more and more community. And then eventually we, we sort of named ourselves the Murray Parish Trust and we had a big art sale in Soho, which started to get us a bit of publicity. Um, and then uh, Southampton came to us and, and asked us whether we would like to be involved in building a brand new uh, major trauma centre for the whole of the south of England. Wow. And it was going to be built in Southampton. 
it was going to cost 5.5 million and would we and another charity uh that works at Southampton like to do it and of course we went yeah you know we'll we'll have a go we you know we'll probably we could probably make you a couple of hundred grand yeah um and from there things just started to escalate and Jim and I sort of found ourselves suddenly in parliament you know asking the government for match funding which we got so we immediately got two million from the government then I know it was amazing then we sort of started to do all these much bigger events big balls you know great big events around the around the south of England and they started to make a lot of money and within three years we'd got the money and yeah this place has been built it's incredible it's open it it looks after thousands of children across the south every year Uh, it's all child friendly it looks amazing it's because before in Southampton, if, if your child had an accident, it would be taken to an A&E that was shared with adults. So you might have a two-year-old child in recess with a 60-year-old man having a heart attack. And it was just horrific. It was, just, you know, mm. horrific. So now they have their own they have their own recess they've got their own x-ray everything everything just for kids so it's brilliant amazing we're really amazing big. achievements Sarah. yeah we're really big and now we're on to our next thing which is an imri suite which is an mri suite within um uh, operating theater so when a child is having a brain operation uh they can be wheeled in and out of the imri because that window must be vital isn't it and if you've got a child's got to come out of that and then be wheeled oh my god it's crazy to think what happens at the moment is they'll have an mri scan at one end of the hospital then they're wheeled down to neurosurgery by the time their head's opened your brain's moved so the scan that they had five ten minutes ago doesn't make sense anymore so the neurosurgeon will sort of do the best they can and then go i can't go any further because i don't know whether i'm going to compromise this child you know because this It doesn't, you know, it doesn't relate to what I'm looking at. So with the IMRI, if they if they get there and they go, oh, I'm not quite sure what I'm doing, they can wheel them in right there and keep operating, but see exactly what's going on. So it means a child at the moment who might have to go through 10 um, operations will only have to have one, which is going to save the country millions of pounds, save the child and the parents all that stress and and heartbreak and mm. and all that and the radiation that they go through mm. to have a CT scan. You know, mm. it, everything about it makes sense. So I can't really believe that every hospital hasn't got one, but they haven't. Yeah. So, but it's it's so because I used to work for a, um, I helped set up a, a, a charitable organisation called the British Brain and Spine Foundation which was like, a, I did it with this neurosurgeon called Peter Hamlin. I don't know if you've come across him. He, he's at St. Bart's. And um, it's like it, it developed as a, an umbrella organisation for all the neurological um, organisations, of which there are so many. And people don't realise that osteoporosis, that being hit on the head with a golf ball, there are more people who suffer a, a neurological disorder than cancer and heart disease put oh, together God. and yet there's no funding put into it there's <laughs> no funding that's insane so what you're doing is is remarkable oh thank you well we you know we're at the, the start of a long journey with the IMRI but I'm hoping that we'll we'll get there obviously the the lockdown and coronavirus has really affected the charity and we've had to stop the appeal and and put all our efforts into looking after the frontliners but that's changed now and we're back onto the IMRI so fingers crossed so Sarah, if you um, 
ever do another sponsored walk or run or anything like that, any physical challenge, I am there. I would love to come and join you and, and help oh, you God. raise money. You'll wish you never said that because in 2022, oh, we're doing a pig to pig cycle. You know the pigs? Oh, I hate cycling. I oh, won't cycle. Oh, come on. Let me think about it. It's not till 2022. Are you going to do the whole thing? No way. I thought I might do Somerset because <laughs> it's flat. No, I think you, you've got to do the whole thing. 700 miles? No, if you, do, if you do it. If you do the whole thing, I'll do the whole thing. <gasps> okay. And we get really fit. And maybe we could do it for sport relief or something. Well, we could, we'll do it. All right, let's get really fit and touch, touch base in a year and see how we are. I bet you are. Okay. You in a year, you'll be head to toe in Lycra. No, I won't. <laughs> I won't be answering your calls. I'm like, oh, fuck it. <laughs> Turn the phone off. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> why did I say that? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. <laughs> but um anyway on to close my darling because i you know i've looked at a load of photographs of you and you what i love about the way you dress is that you're very classy um in the way you dress but it just seems you know there's a lot of, i feel you're that kind of um you know kind of quite neutral colors wrapped in cashmere soft fabrics it's it's effort Plus. Yes, a lot of that goes on. I'm not very good with colour. Mm. Um, uh, I don't look great in it, really. I, I, I'm a bit stuck in black. I, um, I still always fall back on black, and I think that's because I've got quite a big chest, and I'm, I'm quite embarrassed by it. Yeah, do you know yeah, what I mean? It's a nightmare. So everything, you know, I'll see something on the shelf and I'll go, oh my God, that's gorgeous. I love it. And it fits perfectly. And then I'm literally, I'm spending an hour trying to sort of, you know, squeeze the girls in and try and mm. put them in some sort of, you know, order that it might do up and it never does up. So mm. I'm, you know, I've, I've become a master with safety pins and sewing and things. Exactly. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> Um, but I mean, it breaks my heart, really, because however much I work out and exercise, I think because of my age, so I'm 52 as well. Th there's no way you, you can't make your chest smaller. You know, everything. I mean, tried, but do you do things? Like, I mean, sometimes I wear two bras. So that's one thing. So a minim uh, like a nicely shaped bra and then a minimizer on top. And then my shock absorber exercise bra. <laughs> I wear that. Too. I, I like literally I just bought one in a really small cup size so that. 
I can, it just will totally flatten my chest and I can wear something loose. But that is so funny. That's exactly what I do. I buy a minimizer, which is about three sizes too small in the cup. So it squeezes them down. I mean, if you see me with my clothes off, the breast <laughs> coming out here, there's a little bit here, then there's a couple coming out down here as well. Um, but at least from the front, it looks quite nice. And from the side, I look like one of those lovely svelte, you know, flat-chested okay. girls. You can't be seen sideways, basically, which no, is what we all want. You're like that. Unless you're like that. Yeah. yeah. But it's but the bane of my life, you know. It's I've I've often thought about just whipping them off. It's the bane of my life. Yeah. I hate them because it, it means that that I vote I've got very, very little choice in what I wear. Mm -hmm. um and you know so I always have to go for the same thing I kind of have to go for the same colors it really minimizes my choice of what I can wear and that and um, you know it's funny a lot of women will say oh my god you know I'd love to have big boobs I've always dreamt about having big boobs and you just think god if you could spend a day in my boobs you literally within four hours you would want them off they're a nightmare yeah. it's a nightmare yep yeah. yeah. I I identify and empathize with you yeah, 150%. <laughs> but is that why you wear hats? You're quite partial to hats, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Flex from Make them look up. Make yeah. them look up. It's a, it's, a, it's a big hat or a massive shoe. So they're either up here or they're down here, but they're not here. But then yeah. you'll still find that, that many men will just focus here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just... I, I don't really mind about that. I don't get offended. But, well, I'm too old for that to happen now, but... That never really worried me. It was more the fact that I've never been able to wear what is considered to be fashionable clothes. Because if you wear something loose, you look pregnant or you can look very matronly. So if you're wearing a skirt and a sweater, it's very matronly if yeah. you've got big boobs. Yeah, yeah, I know. And you see those lovely girls, don't you, with the, with the, with the sweater tucked into the skirt, and they look fantastic. Yeah. And I try it, and I just look like Hattie Jakes, because it's just a mound of breast, and then this sort of little teacher skirt it just doesn't yeah, work it's exactly and and also oh. the, the look of that lovely you know when people just wear a suit without anything on underneath yeah I love oh, I would love that that it's that whole kind of androgynous thing isn't it which yeah. I would love to do yeah me too well you know we, we'll just have to go and get surgery yeah. <laughs> okay let's raise loads of money and then we'll go and do that afterwards yes definitely okay Perfect. So um, when you're traveling, which you must have done loads of traveling with your TV work, um, do, you, do you have a comfort blanket of any sort? That's something that, you know, you always take with you? I, yes, I do. Um, it's a jacket. It's a leather jacket. Um, I've got a black leather jacket. Do you want to see it? Yeah. Oh, yes. I've got it here. Hang on. It's a black leather jacket that I bought, I think I bought it from All Saints in Leeds years okay. ago. It's just a typical black leather jacket, but I don't think I could live without it. There it is. So nice. It's just very traditional, um, but it saved me on so many occasions because it, it is, it's warm enough to wear when it's cold, but you can still put it on in spring. Um, yeah. It looks really cool. It, I've put it on sometimes if, if I've been going to something really posh with a lovely evening dress and gone, yeah. I don't know where, and I can put that on and it just makes it look quite a cool sort of. Yeah, it's, so, yeah. 
it's just great. I love it. And I just don't know what I'd do without it. Um, and I never wanted a black leather jacket. And I never thought I was a black leather jacket kind of person. And when I bought it, I remember thinking, oh, I'll probably never wear it. I'll never wear it. And I, I wear it constantly. I love it. I absolutely Your best friend. Yeah, yeah, it's my best friend. <laughs> um, so we've got a. You've really sweetly sent a photograph in of, in of yourself with Amanda Holden. Yes. Yeah. How many years ago is that? Your what you class as your wardrobe malfunction? I've got a few, and that was the only one. Um, that was the only one I had a picture of. Okay. <laughs> um, that one was we hadn't discussed what we were going to wear. And uh, we were going to the um, premiere of We Will Rock You, you know, the mm -hmm. Queen musical in the West End. And I don't know why. I kind of thought, oh, I, I'll go in um, <laughs> I'll, go, I'll go in this tiny little denim skirt, a see-through white blouse with a white bra underneath <laughs> with my great big boobs. <laughs> and then these awful um boots that I got from a shop in in Hampstead I don't know if it's still there but it's it's like a designer secondhand shop in Hampstead um where you can go and you can pick up things that you know uh, people have, 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 have sold to the shop and they were about two sizes too big for me but I love them <laughs> so I got they go right up my thigh and they had sort of like a crisscross thing I just thought I looked amazing and then along uh, Amanda Holden got out of the car behind me and she was also wearing this sort of like country and western she had like a patchwork pair of jeans flares on mm. and a patchwork off the shoulder kind of denim I don't know top on and we looked we looked like a really awful amateur country and western girl band but you looked like you were going to Kind of um, a Dolly Parton concert yeah, in the oh, yeah. Apart from, I mean, was that what was your thinking I with that? Know. I don't costume? know. I think it was. I think it was going through that phase again. It was when I was. I hadn't quite sort of grown into the shape that I was. I didn't really know what I looked like, and it was the it was the era of Sienna Miller. You know, remember Sienna used to sort of mm -hmm. glide around Primrose Hill, didn't she, in like tiny little things and, yeah. you know, a little boot and a little this and a little mm -hmm. that and look absolutely gorgeous. So I thought, well, I'll put on a little, you know, this and a little that and I will look equally as gorgeous. But you, when you're five foot eight and like built like a Amazon, you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. just didn't quite pull it off. And then Amanda Holden, I don't know what she was thinking. She just sort of obviously found everything that, that, that looked like a patchwork quilt in her in mm -hmm. her wardrobe and put it on, and uh, and together we just looked hilarious. But your, I have to say, your legs look fucking amazing. Yeah, the legs were good then. Yeah, I mean, they, they outstanding. Holding, holding it together, and if, if only I wasn't covering them up with a thigh length boot. Thigh length boot, and then I think yeah, the the white bra underneath the see through <laughs> top is a real error. <laughs> It was a massive error. Yeah. The whole thing, the whole thing was a nightmare. And then, of course, we opened up Pete the next day to find ourselves in the, um, is, was it freak or, freak or chic or hot or not? I can't remember. It was one of mm. those. Anyway, we had a thumbs down. Oh, well done. Down, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I kept it. <laughs> but have you found, I mean, that's because you, when you mentioned just then, there's that thing of, you know, thinking, it's that crossroads, isn't it? When you, you go from, it's around 40, 45, where you have to reappraise 
who you are. Yeah, yeah. And it's, I think that's one of the hardest thing about middle age is kind of wanting to cling on to the clothes you used to wear because they're part of your identity. But actually, you look older when you're wearing those clothes. Yeah. And so it's about finding a new identity a visual identity have you found found that hard yeah I have and I found it quite depressing really because there is a there's a lot of things in my wardrobe that I think god I love that you know I really really love that that dress I've got a, a little sort of mini dress that it's it's not a sort of slutty one it's lovely but I know I can't wear it I just mm. know that I can't because I still think that I look cool in it but really I I just don't you know there is you come to an age where you do you have to rethink what what you can get away with and what you can't because mm. when you do see somebody wearing something that is just tipped over the edge you kind of go oh god no please no yeah. Yeah. <laughs> put a cardi on <laughs> put a cardi on you know it, 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 I think I think the time came for me where I suddenly embraced navy blue and uh, and I said, I quite like navy blue. Oh, yeah. I've come to that age. I've come to the navy blue age. <laughs> so do you, I mean, what do you wear? So is there anything that you don't wear now? You say no. So anything like above the knee or anything with too much cleavage? What, yeah, what? I don't. I don't wear skirts above the knee now. No. Really, I just don't. I I don't. Um, and I I just. I don't think I would get away with it. Um, I don't wear anything really tight, you know, because I know that I've got a, you know, I've, I'm menopausal and my boobs are too big, and it just, it just wouldn't look right, you know. It just wouldn't look, it wouldn't look sexy. It wouldn't look mm -hmm. slutty. It would just look wrong, you know. Mm -hmm. So nothing really tight, uh, nothing above the knee. I don't really wear bikinis anymore, which is Me a shame. No, yeah. that's out. Um, yeah, things like that, really. Yeah, I don't really wear high heels that much anymore. To no, be me neither. Never wear high <laughs> heels. Yeah, no. unless unless it's a kind of I'm always looking for flat forms which I can wear under trousers. So yeah. you know, which are like those kind of brick things that yeah, you wear. Yeah, I quite like those. Yeah, yeah. You, I've got to have something that has got a balance on it. So nothing yeah. like that. Yeah. No, otherwise it's very precarious. There, has there ever been a time when an item of clothing has badly let you down? Yes, there has. Um, there has. In It was on stage as well, which is even worse. I was doing a show called Popcorn by Ben Elton, uh, which is, very briefly, I'll describe a show about a Hollywood director who comes back on Oscar night uh, with some girl that he's picked up, some actress at the, at the Oscar party, and two psychopaths from Southern America have broken into his house and, uh, and um, sort of run amok. Um, and towards the end of the play, um, the press are called and the police are there and, and, and they let two press in, a cameraman and a sound woman. But the psychopaths say they can only come in in their underwear just because we make sure they're not, you know, wearing a wire or anything like that. Um, so I chose the underwear that I wanted to wear for this part. And it was quite, you know, it was a very conservative, big sports bra almost made out of cotton and a big pair of cotton pants. Mm -hmm. And um, and we'd been doing the show for about a week and then a new wardrobe person arrived, a new girl that went to work in wardrobe. And she took my costume one night after the play and washed it on a boil wash and put it back in my dressing room. And I didn't ever put my costume on right until the last minute, till I was about to go on. 
and I got got the costume about five minutes before I was about to go on stage, and it had shrunk. I mean, half. So the pants, the, the pants of like <laughs> the bra, uh, like the bra of a pixie, basically. And I didn't have anything else to put on, so I was like. <laughs> and kind of like squeezed in these tiny pants and put this tiny little bra on and and uh, and I was the, the sound woman so I had like a boom so I sort of edged myself on stage with the boom kind of like over my boobs and and managed to get through the play and like with everyone in the cast just in hysterics three of them were supposed to be have been shot so they were dead and you could see them like laughing on the stage <laughs> and then uh, it got to the curtain call and we had to sort of bow and of course out came the boobs <laughs> no <laughs> yeah it was just a nightmare it was an absolute nightmare so oh my was, god that, that is spectacular a, a truly spectacular um costume fail there yeah well I done remember. you i'm so proud of you for that moment is amazing so do you still have in your wardrobe something which is like your birthday suit which is you get really excited about wearing yes i do and i've got it do you want to see it oh, yeah let's see it's navy blue oh my god <laughs> here it is so I bought this a few years ago, and and it's great. It's Ooh. a temporary, um, and it's a it's a trouser suit. I love trouser suits. Ooh, it's lovely. Yes, and it is quite it is quite low cut actually, but with enough boob tape, they look quite good. Yeah, uh, fabulous, fabulous. Um, so. That, uh, yeah, because that is just like, it's not too exposing. You've got the glitter. It's it's, it's modern, yeah. clean, it's perfect. Enough. It's nice, isn't it? Mm, I like, I like it a lot. Yeah. Thank you. I've, I've so enjoyed talking to you and um, oh, genuinely. And let's, you know, keep in touch about this bike ride. And um, yeah, good luck coming out of lockdown. And uh don't That's slag the BBC off again. I know, God, I've got to, I know, I've got, to, I've got to pay the rent. We love them, yeah. We love them, they're amazing. They're amazing. <laughs> All right, sweetheart, you take care and I send you a big fat kiss. Bye, darling. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.